This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal transfer show. Not at the usual time of 8am today, sadly. Uh, I wasn't able to bring you that show earlier on today because I was working, was being bright up, bright up, that's not the right, up bright and early. That's the terminology I want to use uh, for today's schedule of deadline day. 6am um, was when I started and it's fair to say that in the time since I've started, not too much has happened. Uh, Mikel Arteta's press conference has been kind of the main talking point of the day alongside a couple of departures, including Rob Holding, who was expected to join Crystal Palace after an agreement was made for double what Arsenal paid Bolton seven years ago. Four million pounds is what Arsenal are going to make from that deal, making a uh, four million pound accounting profit after, of course, his seven years at Arsenal. So I suppose that's a good way of looking at it. Nuno Tavares, of course, joining Nottingham Forest in a deal that is expected to see Arsenal uh, potentially get a very good fee uh, if indeed he does well and Forest end up signing him or activating that option. Uh, the option's expected to be between 14 and 16 million pounds. So could be a very good option for Arsenal if indeed he does perform and we see um, we see Nottingham Forest activate that clause. But uh, there's no like slideshow as there usually is for these shows. In fact, what this is um, is more so about specifically the the opening up of the opportunity to talk to you guys and to get some of you guys onto the show and get your thoughts and feelings uh, about what is uh, what is going on. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to speaking to as many of you as possible, getting kind of varied views. There is a link if you would like to join the StreamYard in today's video description. I've also left a link to join in the uh, the chat box as well. So if you would like to join Use the link that is available to you in the chat box right there. Uh, and without further ado, let's bring in our first guest of the day and one of our fantastic members from the Discord server. It's Dan. How you doing, Dan? You good? You well? Yeah, I'm good. How you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm disappointed. I'm not going to lie, Dan. Uh, I feel I'm I'm feeling disappointed. Go on. I'm just gutted. Holdings leaving. It's sad, <laughs> a sad time for us Arsenal fans, isn't it? I think Yomi is the most sad. You know, Holdini Guna legend, aka Yomi, very gutted indeed uh, that uh, 
that yeah, stuff's going on. If you can hear my phone beeping in the background, by the way, ignore that. I need it on loud just in case texts start coming through Is that about anything special. Huh? That I do. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's Edu. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. He would tell me what's going on. Um, tell me how you're actually. I know you're gutted about holding, obviously, but how are you feeling about how deadline day has played out? I thought it'd be like this. I think getting the transfer, the transfers in early, especially Declan Rice, obviously then Havertz and Timber. I thought that was brilliant. David Rea as well. I think any when I see. Those questions, how do you rate our window? I always give it a 10 out of 10 because I think a transfer window getting Declan Rice in is a 10 out of 10. And Uh, yes, Timber injury. (laughs) (laughs) I think Timber getting injured was massive and it did look like we might have got Mm. someone in. But I think we're all forgetting that we've got some youngsters who might be able to fill in as well. Like Our hell end is brilliant. I mean, Eddie and Ketty has just Mm. got a call out for England. Who's to say we don't have some youngsters as well who can do a job? if they need yeah i i I think that you know i I wish i could be on an optimistic plane and and live in the world that you do regarding 10 out of 10 windows you know that'd be great um i see where you're coming from dan regarding kind of what we've done in the window uh for me i just have to apply the context of what we're you know what we're seeing which is sadly uh the uri and timber injury heavily affecting kind of our view of of the business that we've done and that's not arsenal's fault you know the fact that he's you know an acl injury you can't point fingers and say arsenal you know how dare they uh and not have signed somebody because i think we can all see the reason behind why arsenal have not been able to replace timber in the end i think there's there's two reasons in my view one is a lack of options at this stage of the window and two they haven't been able to get the players out as swiftly as they wanted to that needed to be moved out to give them the freedom to do those deals. So I suppose it's probably an obvious question to ask you, Dan, but I guess you do have sympathy for the club not being able to replace Yuri and Timber. Yeah, of course. I mean, it would have been nice to get someone in because we don't have a lot of cover in defence. I know we've still got Cedric, who maybe mm. may, may come back into the side. I kind of hope not because I think his time has passed it. But yeah, I think uh, AFC Cape Town says Sousa could come in or Walters. Mm. Uh, so we have depth, but obviously youngsters, maybe they're not ready to get um, into the main team. But we've got play. We've got Tommy Asu who's going to come back now after suspension. We've got Zinchenko, who's hopefully hopefully fit now. What's it? Gabriel, who knows what happened with him, but I hope he comes back into the side on Sunday. Yeah, Saliba, Ben White. I feel like we have a lot of players. Uh, just we've got to hope we don't get injuries. So I think Man City think that, defenders. Uh, it, it seems so risky, though, doesn't it? You know, it's it seems so risky to to lean on it. But I can't help but then ask the question: Was it right to allow Kieran Tierney to leave on loan? But it sounds like he wasn't a player that suited Arteta's system. I think if. Mm. A defender gets injured. Arteta has about forty-three different formations he can go into, so it, it won't bother him too much. I think he just. I think you touched on it a few weeks ago that you can just have a player that can play different positions, not necessarily fixed to a. A position, so he likes these players that can, Thomas Partey, who can play right back, can fill in at centre back, in the game, can play in midfield. Maybe Tierney can't do that. Maybe he's not that kind of player and Arteta just didn't fancy him. 
I think that there's something to be said about the fact that he wanted to go. He wanted to get minutes. He wasn't getting minutes. And also you're in a situation whereby you've got Zinchenko at the time, Timber, although obviously he, he's he's now left uh, in terms of availability. Zinchenko, Kivior and Tomiyasu, all considered by Arteta. Whether or not I or you or anyone listening thinks that Tini is a better option than those three players, the fact of the matter is that Arteta thinks that Kivior, Tomiyasu and Zinchenko are ahead of Tierney in the pecking order. And for that reason, Tierney's wanted to go. So we can say it's a risk to let him leave, but he pushed to leave. Arteta and Arsenal are more than happy for him to leave. And the loan, I think, is a good deal for Arsenal because it means he gets some regular game time in, in a good league, in the Champions League, can come back next season. Hopefully we can get a very good fee that wasn't available, which I think is another irony of that deal is that if Tierney is as good as people say that he is in the sense of how on earth can Arteta let this, you know, as some people claim, world-class left-back leave, and yet no one is in the market for him, to buy him, for a figure that is said to be around £25 million. So... Do you see where that contradiction maybe comes into the fold? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's true. Man United could have been in for him, but they've gone for Regulon, which I, I kind of find a bit weird from Tottenham. Mm. Kind of yeah. giving their one of their good fullbacks to a rival team. But yeah, if, if Tierney's not yeah. what Arteta wants, then I, I understand. And I trust Arteta to make the right decisions. If he wants to sign certain players. Like Havertz, I find that a weird one still. I'm not 100% on him, but I think mm -hmm. he needs time. Yeah, yeah. And I think Arteta's going to give him that time. And I hope that come December, we will see Havertz as the player that he is and what Arteta signed him for. Yeah, I think with Havertz, we're going to see a lot of negativity around him in the next couple of days in particular. Um, you know, a lot of... Why did we spend 65 million on him? We could have spent the money on that. And it's very difficult to come to a conclusion on the 1st of September about a player that you've invested that amount of money in. You know, I, for one, I'm going to be giving him the season. And it is, you know, as I, as I pointed out after the Fabio Vieira cameo against Fulham, how much, how many raving reviews he got, how many Fabio Vieira's arrived, he's here, how fickle we can be that we wanted him gone. So many of us wanted him gone in the summer and were willing to sell him. And we sit here now praising that performance and thinking, oh, wow, maybe this guy is going to come think, to the fore if he can produce that. I think partly the difference is Havertz was signed for, was it £65 million? It's quite a big investment. And we've seen what he does for Chelsea. And I wasn't overly keen on what he did. I know he's a Champions League winner, scored important goals. But I wasn't overly keen on him. But obviously Arteta's seen something that he likes. And that's why he's given, he, we've spent the money on him. And we can only just see what, what happens. But it is a hefty price tag. So I hope that it is right for us. Whereas oh, Vieira was a bit less. Vieira was about 30. 34, yeah, is what he costs. Yeah, so at least £30 million less, you know, than, than Havertz. So the expectations are obviously different. But you could argue that this entire kind of, you know, window has, has gone mad in the last year compared to the last window as well. But Dan, thank you so much for jumping on. Really appreciate your time, as always. Man, thank you, Tom, for having me. And look, maybe we will sign someone. You never know. <laughs> I'm not optimistic, mate. But I, no. uh, yeah, there's Arteta, always there's always hope. <laughs> the Arteta prefers talking about his commute than any transfers. So, yeah, I mean, what he said in his press conference is what doesn't always tend to be what happens in reality. But it felt pretty strong. Yeah, it felt pretty strong indeed. All right, mate. Catch you soon. Have a good one. Yeah.
Thanks, Dan, uh, for coming on. Much appreciate. There is a link if you would like to come on the show and give your thoughts. Uh, ask me questions, argue with me, tell me how much of an idiot I am. You're more welcome to do that. Let's see if Olu's going to do that, bringing Olu into the conversation. How you doing, mate? You good, Joel? Yeah, good. Thank you. How you doing? Yeah, not bad, my friend. Not bad at all. Um, tell me how you're feeling. Um, as you know, I'm always optimistic. I, I mean, I try to, <laughs> to be anyway. Um, I'm feeling quite mixed because uh, I think we could have gotten another defender. However, um, I trust Ateta and I know he possibly have a plan um, for what to do if we have like, you know, defensive um, issues with regards to injuries. And I was looking at Liverpool's defence as well. They have roughly similar numbers as we do. So six defenders just like us. And I think maybe football is evolving. And I think as fans, maybe we need to evolve our thinking um, alongside, you know, the managers as well. And I've always maintained up, up front, I don't think we need any other player. We have six players for three positions compared what we have to what Man City or Liverpool have. It's very similar. So we are, I think we are fine regarding numbers. So um, I'm happy. However, I would have loved if we got another defender, but I don't understand why we didn't go for anybody else. If you had to be kind of, you know, you say you're frustrated. If you had to be critical, like, are you pointing any fingers anywhere? Is there any kind of, or are you pointing fingers maybe even at supporters that are doing finger pointing themselves? Kind of where <laughs> would your frustration lie? Um, I think I think my life more with the with it without with with the supporters. Um, mm. I just feel that Mikel and um, Edu they've done enough to um, to to warrant our trust. So. Well, I mean, we can question, you know, and, and have a different opinion, which is fine. However, I think we react to every single, you know, every news, for example, Declan Rice. Um, I think it was the Matthew that mentioned he was going to City or almost agreed. Everybody was just um, a do out. And I think we just need to relax a bit and just think about football differently. I, I mean, I say it every time. Everybody says Sakhan is a backup. I think some players, they get to the point where they can't, get a, a competition for them. It's a bit like Salah. Liverpool never had a left-footed right winger, you know, Harry Kane, um, Benzema, you know, all these guys. And if you think that Saka is generational, then you can't have a you can't have somebody to back him up, except someone that can play a different position, if that makes sense. So um, I don't really understand the frustration with regards to the Saka's one. With the defender, I understand because we are short. Um, so I understand that. But with the Saka's one, I don't, I don't get it. We have six players for three positions. Um, so I don't understand why we need to sign another player. We have Nelson, we have um, um, Trossard and Eddie as a backup for Jesus, Martinelli and Saka. There are six for three positions. So there's no spot. Yeah, I think that what we are hoping now is just for some really good fortune with injuries because we've not had that, you know, Timber being out, Zinchenko's been out. Um, we are down a number of players throughout the last season. Saliba is a question mark because that back injury, he looks to have recovered from it, but it feels like it's one of those injuries where you can lose it at any point. And I hate the idea of there being something of a bit of a landmine in, in, in the team, but it feels like that is the case with, with, with Saliba and it could go and, and just hopefully yeah. it doesn't. Um, are you kind of looking at January then as being a window that is going to have to be used for us now? Yes, if the right player is available. What I mean is, right. uh, again, I, refer, I tend to defer to other clubs as an example. And Man City, they lost um, 
Zinshel Kro and, um, and, and other defenders in, in, in over the summer. And in January, they lost Cancelo. Cancelo was a starter for Man City at, at the beginning of the year. And they lost him. And he wasn't replaced in, in, in January. They waited for um, Badiol this um, summer. There's no point in getting someone in um, that would not elevate the team. Secondly, Ateta gets, I mean, it gets called out for not using, for not using the, um, the academy a lot. There's a player in an academy called um, Waters. If, I, I mean, it's fact, so we say it's not using enough academy players, but then we say it's time of players. So if Ateta trusts um, Waters to fill in, for example, in the Carabao Cup or whatever, then we need to trust him. I think my, my main concern is Ateta himself. He doesn't react well to adversities. What I mean is when there's injuries, he doesn't, he doesn't react very quickly and, and make the best decision. So I think if he, if he, kind of, if he reacts properly, then that would, be, that would not be an issue. But like last season, when uh, Saliba got injured, maybe he should have tried um, Kivio earlier, perhaps he should have tried Pate in the defense earlier. Um, so that's the issue. He needs to know how to react properly yeah. to injuries. But with regards to the numbers, I trust that they've made the right call because they, they've done so in the past and I have a reason to doubt them. Yeah, I think we sh- we share that that concern and the criticism of, of Arteta is there that you know team selection wise, rotation wise, when he makes certain calls for injuries, is he going to make the right calls? Um, we hope that that's going to be improved this season, and fingers crossed, uh, we do that. Um, Ollie, thank you so much, mate, for your time. Really appreciate thank you jumping on. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, mate. Have a fantastic evening. See you later. Uh, this could be interesting. Uh, let's bring Josh uh, into the conversation. How you doing, Josh? No, oh, no, no. I'm I'm entering the the devil's uh the devil's uh a little bit. Here. I'm I'm a bit scared now about how this is gonna end. But look, I'm good. How oh, are don't you? Be scared, mate. I you tell you what, I have a lot of I have a lot of respect for for fans of other teams when they come into our chat box or whatever and they are respectful. So I'm hoping yeah. that you're gonna be just don't expect the chat box to treat you too kindly. I will oh, say don't that. Worry. <laughs> don't worry, <it's> okay. <laughs> as long as we can have a nice discussion, there's no We no, can no, have no, a we... we can have a fine chat, mate. I'm sure. I'm sure we can. I've got a lot of friends that are Spurs fans. They were born with issues as well. So so, uh, you know, <laughs> uh-huh. t- tell me, mate, um, why you've jumped onto the show. Look, I, 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 I want to talk about um, a little bit about Tottenham and Arsenal. I thought, you know, what other stream I can get onto? Some Arsenal fan. Let's just do it on, a, on Arsenal fan. Oh, right, look, I, I think I, I, I want to t- talk about uh, the main uh, a main position where it, I, I've been very, uh, very vocal about last season. And it's the goalkeeper position for Arsenal which is now Aaron Ramsdale and David Rea. Look, in my opinion, I think David Rea should be your number one uh, goalkeeper. I think, yeah. I think I think, he's a quality, quality signing. Uh, can't believe you, you, you signed him ahead of, ahead of us, but whatever. Um, uh, no, look, I, think, I, 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 want to, <laughs> I want to hear your point. What, what, who, who's your number one in that goalkeeping position? Because a lot of Arsenal fans are now controversial, or having controversial opinions on who should be number one. Adam Ramsdale, because he's younger, he's got more of a future. David Rea, because he's more, more efficient. Who, who, who would you say? Yeah, I think that right now, obviously, Ramsdale maintains the spot because I feel as though you have to be in a position to earn it in in a case of Raya, where he's going to get games in the Champions League, he's going to get games in the Carabao Cup where we ironically play Brentford. I'm still trying to get 100% confirmation that he can actually play in that yeah. game because my understanding is you need written consent from Brentford. And I've not, I know a lot of people speculated that he can play, but I'm still wanting to get the official confirmation from the club on that. But I think he will get that opportunity in the Carabao Cup, in the Champions League. If he plays well 
and Ramsdale has a bit of a, a wobble, I have no doubt in my mind that what we'll see is a repeat of what happened with Leno, where Leno started the first three games of the Premier League season, conceded nine goals, and then in the fourth game, yeah. we saw Ramsdale come in. And I feel as though that is absolutely possible with that situation um, yeah. with, with, with Raya. I'm curious now to throw kind of a question back at you, Josh, um, in regard to kind of Brennan Johnson as well that you're, you're bringing in today. Um, you've lost Harry Kane. Ange Postacoglu said that, you know, he, you can't replace Harry Kane. You have to kind of work around it. Um, okay. How do you feel as though your business has done to tackle the loss of, of a player like Kane? I, I, I feel like you've got to look at it in two perspectives. Either one, which is the money. Where's the money gone to? Has it been spent already? Uh, and you can look at it from a perspective of where's the goals going to come from? Is there a player who's actually really covered Harry Kane now? I feel like when we talk about a, a player, we need to talk about a couple players because when you look at Harry Kane, obviously he provides you multiple players, you know, the creative side and the goal scoring side. Um, mm. I think James Madison does provide you the creating side, but I'm still waiting for that for that goal for that goal uh, for that goal side goal scoring side. Yeah. Obviously, he did score a goal, but I want to see a bit more in terms of that taking shots. Um, Brennan Johnson, though, I think he he's going to be an interesting one. I, I in my channel, I was fuming that we paid 50 mil for him. I think it's an absolute nightmare. Look, like yeah. let's be let's be real. You're saying 50 mil, and how much did you get for Van? What was the price of Van? What like about 50 mil, wasn't it? So you're saying that Varane and Brennan Johnson, that's absolutely mental, I think. But it is what it yeah. is. That's the market value today. Um, I, I feel like I feel like the, the transfers we've done this this season, this transfer window has been has been efficient and uh, and um, well spent, except for that Brennan Johnson. We well spent we we spent our money very well, but. There's been a lot of a lot of players that are still we, we're needing. We need a striker. I can't bear a Charleston. We need a midfielder. We need one ASAP. I mean, Conor Gallagher is the one who's linked with us, but I don't understand why that's dependent on if uh, Hoiberg leaves. It shouldn't be dependent. It should be a, a straight away get him. Uh, we also need a defender. People don't realise, but if, if Romero or Van der Ven gets injured, we're back to the old Eric Dial, Davinson Sanchez. We're back to conceding 63, 64 goals a season. I yeah. mean, it, it's really, really bad. But I, I feel like we should look at the positive. And I know it's hard for the chat to look at positive from Tottenham side, but uh, from, from, from the Tottenham positive side, we've covered the goalkeeper area. We've covered a cam position. Bissouma is essentially a new signing. We covered that CDM spot. The two fullbacks are absolutely phenomenal. Um, the two centre-backs are great. But the, the questions are, are, are on the front line. The questions are, would, is Sonny going to be back on form? Is Richie going to score goals? Is Decky going to start scoring goals? Is Manor Solomon, a player who are highly rate, is he going to be played in the correct position? Is Ivan Perisic even going to be sold now? It's looking like he's not going to be sold. Um, is Pedro Paul going to be playing on the attack? There's so many questions to ask with our attack. But overall, decent window, decent window. Yeah, I'm interested to see kind of how uh, Spurs and Arsenal's uh, seasons uh, transform kind of from here in terms of where both teams go. We've got the North London derby coming up in a in a few weeks. I look forward to that. Um, it's at the Emirates. So I think we probably know what the result's going to be. And, you know, we, hey, we've you seen just another... wait. You just wait. You just wait. I, look, I will wait, mate. I will wait. I will wait. I look forward to it. But, Josh, thank you for jumping on and being respectful. I really appreciate it and have respect for you for doing that. So Cheers, mate. Much appreciated, I mate. I have appreciate, a fantastic appreciate the... Uh... I appreciate the, the little discussion. It was quite nice. And uh, hopefully I can have you on my channel soon. I'll, I'll reach you out on the, I'll reach you out on the Instagram. 
for the uh, yeah for a potential North London preview. I can't, but I can't promise I'm, I'll behave, but uh, I'll do my best. I'll do my All best. Good mate. Neither can I. Neither can I. <laughs> have a All right, have mate. a good one. Cheers, bro. Cheers. See ya. Uh, respect to Josh uh, for coming on. Uh, I know that you guys are losing your heads in the chat box. That's fine. I don't mind rival fans coming off if they want to have a chat. We rarely get that perspective on the channel. So you got to respect it. Uh, next on my list of people that I've got tuning in is Paul. Uh, Paul's going to be joining us. I say it so we can get ready. Paul, how are you doing? How are we doing? I'm good. See, I love that the fact that I said, like, Paul's coming on, Paul's going to be here. I get him on the screen, and then he sits forward. Like, <laughs> that's the way it goes. <laughs> Tell me how you're feeling, Paul. Uh, I'm feeling about 90% about transfer window. About 90%. So, so you think it's a 9 out of 10 window, is that what you're saying? Kind, no, uh, emotionally, 90%. Oh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. It's ten percent of me that's like, oh, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, um, Fair enough. I know you. No, I'd say yeah. it's a seven to eight out of ten. Yeah, you know? I said seven. Um, I'm at seven. Is where I'm at. Yeah. And I yeah. think if, if Timber was fully fit, what would you have rated the window? Nine. Yeah, you're, you're again, you're in complete in line with me. I, I said if it was yeah. Timber was fit and we had this guy who I think is world-class potential defender, you know, you've added him to the squad, you've got that depth in, in key areas across the bat line. All we needed was a forward on the right-hand side and I think it would have been a 10 out of 10 window from Arsenal this summer. But that, that injury has just changed things so dramatically. And I'm sure you've witnessed the meltdown. You've been in the Discord. It's, you know, there's, there's people that are very <laughs> frustrated and upset. Well, if you were having a conversation with one of those people, because whilst I am disappointed, I can't say that I'm pulling my hair out about the window, to be honest. But if you were having a conversation with one of those that are really, really angry and annoyed at the window and rating it like five and below, what would you say to them? Uh, if the start of the window, yeah, when we looked at positions we needed, probably right back was something we was most sort of concerned about, yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh, right back, cover for Saka, yeah? Um, and a couple of midfielders. We got the midfielders in. Um, Timber was a bonus in my eyes. Yeah. He wasn't just a right back. He was someone who could cover the whole back line. Yeah. So he was an absolute bonus. Um we haven't got anyone in, but when I look at it and I think we've got Rice who can cover at centre-half if we really need. And he's a very good centre-half. Yeah. Um, Partey who can cover that right back. Now, we got um, we brought in Part- um, Rice and Habits. Yeah. And he's been playing the three of them, Partey, Wright and Habits. And in my mar- mar- marble mind of thinking, the reason he's done that, obviously, because we need we, we need inverted, but he wants to get Weiss, Partey and Havertz used to playing with each other so that he can rotate them. Mm-hmm. Right? That's that's what I think. Later yeah. on in the season, he, want, he might want to play Partey and Havertz together. He might want to play Weiss and Partey. He might want to play Weiss and Havertz. And having the three mm. of them playing together, they're all getting used to each other. So if he, you know, so if one say he does need to drop Rice into defence, he can have Partey and he can have Havertz. But with you know, yeah, sorry, keep going, Paul. You cut out for a second. I thought you were done. Keep going. No, go on. 
I'll put in that. Like the midfield with Havertz and Partey and Rice and Georgia, I still believe, you know, I let people talk about the fact those people that wanted another midfielder, I think, look at it as like there's not much depth in the left eight role as it's described. I don't really look at the midfielders in Arsenal's team anymore as like a CDM, a centre mid, the attacking mid, attacking eight, tens, whatever. I look at it and go, I think we've got two types of central midfielders. I think we've got centre midfielders that can go forwards really well. I think we've got centre midfielders that are better in, you know, the more defensive third and being a foundation for the squad. And I think that Rice has attributes that blend him a bit into that, potentially into a player that can also I do a bit of both but I do think there's more of kind of a, a categorization of, of two clear maybe three groups one really good going forwards and a group of players that are better you know in that defensive third or as TJR says a functional group which is the more defending types and then the dynamics that are the ones that, that go forward so we've got in my view the best group of defensive midfielders in Europe in Partey, Rice and Jorginho I don't think there's a club with as many good options in that defensive midfield role as we have and then in the attacking options that we've got, we've got Martin Erdegaard, who I think is a world-class player. Not if you agree, Paul. I'm seeing you nodding, so I'm going to say you are. Um, we've got Kai Havertz as well, of course, who I think, as we know, the jury is still very much out on him. The same you can be said about Fabio Vieira. Arteta was bullish in his press conference about Smith-Rowe, saying, no, he's staying. I've had conversations with him. I think it was a lot of kind of media paper talk, and I'm one of them, so I have to take some responsibility, I suppose. Um, a lot of media talk about Smith-Rowe really whipped up a bit of a storm about him. And actually, I think he has got, you know, a place in this this side um, and in this squad. So we've got options in both areas. So it's, for me, that defence and the forward line where I look and go, I think we could have added something to Saka's position. I think we could have brought another defender in. And that's where we are. So how are you now as a fan a little bit uncomfortable with the squads and looking ahead to that January window, or are you hopeful that we do have enough to get at least through till the winter? I think we're going to have enough. Yeah, I think we're going to have enough. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'll, um, as I say, because I think we've got cover. You know, if you look at it, you could play um, Tommy Asu, left, right, centre. Mm. You can play. Um, White centre, right. You can play. Um, you can uh, Saliba can play on the right, or he can play in the centre. You know, and then you got Gabriel. You know, and uh, Kivio. Kivio can play left, uh, left mid. Uh, sorry, left centre back, or um, you know, uh, <laughs> left back. Um, I think you've got enough mixture there. And as I say, yeah, you can drop Rice in there, you can drop Partey in there. You know, there's there's enough mixture to sort of cover. And I think it gets through to January. And maybe, you don't know, Timber might sort of go, you know, make, make a bit of a recovery and be ready for sort of January, February. Maybe. Yeah, you know? potentially. Um, potentially. We've also got Royal uh, Waters. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the main one, as you said, was cover for Saka. You know, mm. that's that's the one I was looking at more than anything. I think if um, he gets injured, obviously there's a big question. Um, but I think that would happen even if you sign someone. You know, <laughs> like what are Arsenal yeah. going to do without Bakar Saka? You know, so um, it's more yeah, about we ain't going to spend under a million, are we? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Kudus was the only one for me. I looked at Mohamed Kudus and thought, "There's a player that maybe." 
could have been the guy. But ultimately, we didn't get any players out. Pepe's still here at the moment. There's no talk of of him leaving on deadline day, although the Saudi and Turkish windows, of course, are extended beyond um, the English ones. That might change. We'll have to wait and see. But, Paul, thank you so much for jumping on the show. I really appreciate your time, mate. And uh, it was a pleasure to see you at the live event. I hope that uh, we get to do yeah, more in the good. future and you'll come along again. Absolutely. Pleasure, my friend. Especially since we ain't got... Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Right. See you later. Bye. Lovely stuff. Uh, let's get Mike on. Uh, I've got quite a few people waiting now, and I realise I've only got 22 minutes left before I meant to go onto Mike's channel. So these are going to be quick fire, guys. So I'm going to try and get through as many of you as I can, but I may have to close the uh, the queue uh, for the moment. Just let me do that quickly. Um, otherwise, I'm not going to be able to get through everybody on the show, and I want to try and give everyone that is waiting patiently at least uh a chance to speak so let's bring mike into the show quick mike how you doing mate you good you well i'm very well thanks tom how are you how are you going yourself mate is it yeah done? surviving surviving mate surviving doing yeah. all right tell me how you're feeling what have you jumped on to tell me oh look i'm uh, i'm actually quite happy with the way things are at the moment um the, the litmus paper test for me was looking at the bench on at the weekend i mean if you you can all have all the debates you want about formations and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but if we look at the bench at the weekend, which had uh, Jesus, Nketiah, Jorginho, Vieira, Smith-Rowe, uh, Rea, um, Gabriel, Zinchenko, um, and who else is there? Nelson. That's yeah. a pretty good bench. In terms of depth, I think we're there. Um, compared to last season, I think that particularly if Vieira comes on and does what he does on a fairly regular basis, we'd all be delighted. I think we've got cover at defence. I think whichever position you're looking at, we've got three three players who can play it. So for right now, I think that's good enough. Like you, if there was one position I wouldn't have minded, it would have been a, it would have been a, a, a sack of potential replacement. But we have got Nelson. We have got Jesus that can play. Uh, we can we can play there as well, so I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's quite the um, uh, the horror show that, that 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 some fans would have us believe it is. Um, one more would have would have would have made me slightly happier, but I would still give it a probably an eight out of ten, even with the disaster that uh, that befell Timber. Really, I, yeah, it's, oh, I, I have respect for people that are even more optimistic than me, uh, you know, about the window, because I think, you know, I, I sit on a seven because I feel as though it was a nine. The injury drops us down to a seven because yeah, yeah. it's like Timber doesn't exist. And he's such a big player for us because he covers so many roles. And I don't think even if we were to sign somebody now, it'd only take you up to an eight because I don't think they'd be able to cover the positions at anywhere close to what Timber does, you know. Um but I think an eight is still fine. It's the issues for me is when it starts going below a seven, where I think people are maybe forgetting what we actually have done. Um, I get there's sure. frustration and anger, but below a seven, you're starting to get into really kind of negative feelings about a window in which we've spent more money than ever before, even without the timber signing. Uh, if you take that away, we spent more than we've ever spent before. Um, yeah. And we were really proactive in beating Man City to Rice, beating Bayern and potentially even Real Madrid to Havertz, who were also interested, you know. And I think that what we've done in the market as well, outgoings-wise, you know, you've got a good fee for Balogun with a great oh, sell-on sure. clause. 
Great money for Xhaka. We've moved on holding now for four million pounds. We're understanding that it will be around that kind of figure. Turner's gone for more than we bought him for. Trusty's gone for more than we bought him for. Tavares could potentially go next summer for more than we bought him for. Marie got us an extra few million quid as well. You know, we've sold more in a window than I think that we've done. I think than we've ever sold um, in at least Arteta's tenure. I'm not sure about the, the the full history, but yeah, I overall and I'm happy. I just I'm just gutted because of the timber situation, and I think that's where yeah, we are. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, he was he was a revelation. I mean, I thought he was I thought he was a good ad, but mm. when we were looking at him in preseason, he was a revelation. He was just fantastic, and can't wait to see him back to be. To be honest, I think he adds yeah. heaps to the squad as a whole. It's just a shame we haven't seen for a few months. Our record window regarding sales uh, was in uh, 2017. Well, that was actually the 2017-18 season um, because we sold a lot of players in January. But we sold uh, Oxlade Chamberlain for 35 million pounds. Chesney went for 16 million pounds. Gabriel Pally still went for about nine. Gibbs for about six. Uh, we sold Yaya Sonogo for a grand total of zero. Um, you'll be surprised to know. Uh, and then in January, we sold Alexis Sanchez. Alexis Sanchez, kind of, we were sold. It was a swap deal, but actually money did go onto the books for that deal. Around £30 million. Pounds. Uh, Theo Walcott, Giroud, Coquelin, uh, also all left in January for fees. So, yeah, that season yeah. is the one we've, we've yeah, kind of sold the most. But this season sure. is up there with the highest that we've ever sold players for. Absolutely. Um, and I think a few a few guys in the chat box have referenced also the new contracts that we've gotten as well that that can't be forgotten in the big picture of stuff. I mean to mm. lock in Saka and Martinelli and Saliba and that's just sensational in terms of in terms of us as oh, a, I think that's uh, gone under the radar a lot this summer. You know, the, yeah. I think Sam Dean said it um, in the game against Forest. I think he tweeted saying. The, no matter who Arsenal sign, whether it's Rice or whoever, the best signing Arsenal have done is is renew William Saliba's contract, <laughs> like, sure, you know, and then Bukayo Saka as well. So absolutely. yeah, fair points. Uh, Mike, thank you so much uh, for jumping You're on. Welcome, really appreciate Tom. the time. Thank you, mate. You're welcome. Take care, buddy. See ya. Have a good one. Thank you to Mike for jumping on. I appreciate it. It's uh, fairly... I'm trying to look at the time now. It must be fairly late over there uh, in Australia. Uh, let's bring in Basha to the conversation. Always a pleasure to chat with Basha. How are you doing, my friend? Hi, Tom. How are you? Greetings. Very good. good. How are you? The background's changed. Yeah, yeah. I thought... Uh, it used to be, be like a, a giant... I feel like I remember a giant rug that was behind you before. <laughs> yeah, it's correct. You're absolutely right. Looking good, mate. It's looking good. Tell me how you're feeling. Why have you jumped on to talk to me? But I know that you joined us in the Arsenal Way feeling? chat box this morning and you were pretty yeah, frustrated. how am I feeling? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not not feeling good, but I'm not surprised. Oh. I mean, it's 33 years of being an Arsenal fan. I'm used to this... Uh, Arsenal emotional <laughs> roller coaster. Everything has to happen in the most dramatic way possible. So uh, yeah, I'm not very good, not very confident actually. Okay. For the second year in a row, we'll be we'll entering the season with a thin squad, and this time yeah. it's completely on us. Last mm. year we were yeah in this phase X of the project and blah blah blah, and we still don't have the full squad. And uh, the emotional coaster is that we've started the window brilliantly and we've spent big and we were all really yeah, yeah. happy. Uh, but uh, we still don't have cover for uh, our the right wing. We still uh, are short on defenders. And I can hear you and all the other guys 
having this false sense of security about our, our uh, defenders, squad of defenders. Uh, in terms of the profiles and people's ability, and because we have two or three guys who can play in two or three places across the back line, we, we, yes, it's true that we have three people covering every position. But in terms of headcount, we have six. So we're one injury and one suspension away from having to play the same four, three games uh, in a one Partey. week. Partey is Partey. the defender yeah. now, right? <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and the other thing, Tom, is, I mean, uh, if one injury, as dramatic as it is to... Uh, yeah. Makes you uh, puts makes your squad thin. Then there is something wrong. I agree. I think that's a fair point. I think if one injury starts raising, you know, serious, question, unless you're talking about like Bakaya Saka, because obviously a player of that caliber, even Saliba, you know, and I know we lost Saliba last season, but it was the combination of Saliba and Tomiyasu at the same time. If you lose a player of that caliber, the questions are gonna, you know, you, you're gonna start thinking, you know, we got a problem because they are just that good. But I take the point absolutely that if you have just one injury and you start to feel short, that's different because, you know, we are short in defense. There's no yeah, question. And I yeah. haven't got an argument to that. Let Let me ask you, Basha. You You said obviously you were feeling pretty deflated and like you, you think we've left ourselves short. If Timber right was fully fit and like available going forwards, how? differently do you think you would have felt about the window uh, well uh, i would have given it like to me it was like 8 or 8.5 because i yeah. was i was waiting for that right wing yeah yeah uh, but uh, yeah i would have been really happy yeah still uh, not happy about not having covered for saka yes he can yeah. play a third season 70 games for a third season but at what Maybe level you can. We've, we've all seen Maybe he can he might be yeah. absolutely super he can yes know. he can he, he's not going <laughs> to uh, drop unconscious or anything but uh, at what uh, level and yeah. uh, it's only human yeah. and we've seen we've seen young players who've been overplayed we've seen we take a look at what's happening to pedri in barcelona now and Pedri mm. in one season played the full uh, La Liga, played the World Cup, and played the Olympics. And he's still suffering and paying for that three years later with the repeated uh, injury. So, but if it wasn't for uh, timber injury, I would have given it 8 or 8.5. The, out, the incoming, the outgoing, it's a 5 for me. With all due respect, yes, we got rid of uh, a big number of players compared to previous yeah. seasons. But I would have expected uh, Lukonga, Tavares, and Tierney, if we don't want him, to be out of the, of the door like a month earlier, at least. Because this time, us not being able to uh, do a good job in selling is not just impacting us economically in terms of cutting the payrolls and stuff. No, it has impacted our ability to go and find a replacement for timber. That's the way I see it. Yeah, yeah, and you're absolutely right. It has affected our ability to go for Timber. Exactly. Why, this is the last question I'm going to ask you because obviously I've got some sure. other coolers to speak sure. to, but you know, you're fantastic when you call in Basha, so I want to give you the time of day. Um, when it comes to um, that rating of... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Five out of ten. You know, I I feel like that's slightly, only slightly harsh. You know, I'd probably say sales are on a six, 6.5. But I think that they're obviously, I don't necessarily point the finger at the club and say, that's not good enough and you deserve to be punished or face consequences because of that. I look at it and go, it's a 6, 6.5 out of 10. But I know why it's like that. The reasons why it's like that is because if Tierney is so good, someone would have come in and bought him. But only Real Sociedad came in with a loan offer for Tierney. And that's, that's all that was on the table for Tierney throughout the entirety of this summer transfer window. You then have Balogun. Inter were interested, weren't interested in paying what Monaco paid, which was around 34-ish million pounds. No other club has come in with anything else in the market than than the, what was offered for him. I think we did a great job getting 21 and a half million pounds for Granit Xhaka, to be honest. I thought that was a great deal. I, I, I don't think we should take any credit for that because Leverkusen was desperate for him. He's a key part of their plans for the coming three years. If we were the, the, the initiative of Xhaka... Uh, Xhaka, they wanted him. They oh, were Leverkusen. Desperate for him. I thought you said Liverpool. I was like, what? No, no, Leverkusen. Oh, Leverkusen. Yeah, Leverkusen. Yeah. So well, I don't think it, he was going for about £30 million pounds was what they were offering initially. That's what they wanted to pay. And Edu negotiated that figure up to, with his team up to £21.5 million. Pounds. I do think they are deserving of credit for that hmm. deal. Well, uh, let's agree to disagree on this one. That's fine. I'm happy to do that. I'm always happy to do that. Yeah. No, that's absolutely fine. But do you see what I'm saying about kind of like all of those deals, Turner Profit, Rob Holding Profit, seven years later, um, Laconga loan, yeah. Tierney loan, Tavares potentially 15, 16 million pounds if they activate the option, which from the looks of it, they've got the money. Um, so I, I just feel like, do you know what I mean? I don't mind you rating it as like a five or a six that's fine but I, what i think is it's the reasons behind why people are rating the sales low and understanding why it's not you know wildly successful yeah, yeah of course there's more than one way of looking at it another way of looking at it would be i mean uh, no buyers you uh, do the calculation how much tarry are you paying this guy over a year or two years and then you lower the price there's more than one way of uh, uh, skinning a cat as they say but anyways yeah I know you have a long queue. I don't want to take long, much longer of uh, your viewers' time. So. No, 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 Bashir, don't, don't be like that. That's, that's, that's absolutely fine. I really appreciate you jumping onto the show and uh, and giving your thoughts. Thanks we for agreed, giving me the opportunity, I, man. No, of course, mate. Um, and I love the fact that, you know, if we don't agree, we can just agree to disagree and we're still mates afterwards. That's what it's all about. So, no, Definitely. thanks for you for jumping Definitely. on, mate. Really appreciate it. No See you soon. Massive thank you to Basher for coming on. Uh, let's bring on our next. I've got uh, one, two, three, uh, potentially four of you left. I'm going to try and get you all on. Uh, I can see uh, Daniel's going to be next, then Bill, then TJR, and then King is going to round off the show as well. So there you go. Uh, Daniel, uh, how are you doing, my friend? Hey, mate. How are you? Yeah, very good, mate. Very good. good how man. are you feeling this deadline day? Um, Mixed. <laughs> <laughs> but next yeah, mate i'll be fine. honest with you that's fine <laughs> um yeah just chatting to chatting to one of my mates i just didn't exactly realize how many defenders we have and the amount of positions they can play and where they can play um <laughs> but but for me it, it does seem a bit light um personally um i think yeah i don't i haven't been keen on this party at right back thing uh i think that needs to kind of be be changed i think that's something that needs to be 
uh, kind of not not implemented in the Man United game. Um, I agree. The the wins haven't. The games obviously you can look at them as individual games, and we had the Tommy Asu incident against Palace. Um, however, I think they haven't really been as convincing as I would have liked. Um, so yeah, just obviously the timber injury has been like ridiculously um, annoying and uh, a bit of an inconvenience. So I think everyone's everyone's lives. Um, moment, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I just feel like he he had so much potential. I think he, I, I was saying again to my mate as well, as timber probably was my signing of the season. He was kind of on that trajectory yeah, for me. And it's quite early to say it, but it just looks so comfortable. It was just a perfect fit and slotted right in. So yeah, I'm mixed. Um, I said rice and I was okay with anything else, but I just wanted rice. So I guess I kind of, oh, we got right. so 10 out of 10 then is what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. It has to be. Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, you obviously, you were listening patiently in the background while I had a chat with some of the other listeners as well. There are fans like Basher that are frustrated and I empathize with their frustration. I really do. Sure. Um, what do you feel about kind of, you know, people that are rating things? I see Eric in the chat box there says five out of 10 for the window. I mean, mm-hmm. do you think that is harsh or is that where your head's at? I think like for like I think like you said like anything below a seven I think is incredibly harsh considering we've got a 24 year old you know international who you know cost us 105 million you know whether mm. people think that's too much or not it's the current going rate at the moment doesn't that feel yeah. like a year ago that whole saga to sign rice it feels like exactly literally when I was 12 that's how long it feels ago <laughs> <laughs> I mean I was checking Twitter probably every two seconds refreshing during this summer, making sure that was happening. And then City coming in, it was not good for my mental, but, you know, took myself away from it for a little bit and got back got back into it. But um, <laughs> no, I think, you know, whatever anyone's thoughts are on Havertz, it's just too early for me to start judging players. We've, we've played Great. three games. Um, like some of the clips on AFTV, like I, I watched some of their stuff. But honestly, all the stuff hmm. I saw was just negativity and saying, get him out of the club. It's been three games. Like, yeah, it's, it's not. I, I did see a guy that jumped in on one of the interviews and really defended Havertz. Yes, so I, thought, I saw that one. Exactly that the same one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I did, yeah, no, I just I just think for me, like just to touch on Havertz, I just think it was always going to be one of those signings where I think it's going to take a bit of a time to work out where it is but you know Arsenal fans aren't exactly the most patient of fan bases in the world do you think we're underrating the Raya deal at all oh, well, oh my god yeah I literally forgot about that but it slipped my <laughs> mind but yeah I mean incredible think competition's there um it's it's definitely an underrated signing I just think we haven't seen him yet um Ramsdale needs to be pushed um that first goal was a bit of a freak goal at the well I mean it was poor giving the ball away but you could look at that but I think Ramsdale needs to be pushed um, and I think showed ambition, which is exactly what we need at this stage. Um, I, do, I do think whether there are limited options at this time in the window, I think we could have maybe had a look and maybe bought maybe sort of a temporary in, individual in. Um, I wasn't a massive fan of the system fit with Tierney um, at all. But I think you've got to look past system fit and you've got to look past, not past quality, but I think you've got to look past things just to have depth because I heard some, like in one of the earlier calls saying about the academy, but, you know, if we get injuries and then we're playing Man City at the Etihad, are you really going to chuck some sort of 17-year-old defender and it's not, not really who I would trust at the back? 
not not doubting their ability and talent, of course, but it's not someone who I trust that you know Man City away, for example. So it's a bit light, but we signed that Clara, so you know it's it can't be all bad. So yeah, mm. that's my thoughts really. I just think we're a bit light. I think it's a bit risky. Yeah, risky, yeah I, uh, that's fair enough. I think that we have to left ourselves uh, with an element of risk, uh, yeah. without a doubt. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, Daniel, thank you so much for being patient, appreciate first it, of all, and then jumping on. I really appreciate it. It's always a pleasure, man. Have a good Thanks, day. Thanks, bro. See you later. Have a good one. Good evening, mate. Uh, let's bring in Bill uh, to the conversation. Another person I've met at another live event over in the States earlier this year. How are you doing, Bill? You good? You well? I'm doing great, Tom. Thanks. Absolute pleasure, as always, to speak with you. How are you feeling this deadline day? I'm feeling all right. Uh, a little nervous, like everybody else. Uh, I mean, yeah, the the timber injury obviously puts a damper on everything. Uh, but overall, I I have to be optimistic. Uh, I I think part of the nervousness comes with the increased expectations. If you had you know this team or this window last season, and you it, with the expectations we had, people would have been buzzing. People would have been over the moon. Uh, but we have those increased expectations now. So, you know, it, that just comes with the territory. And this is where we want to be. So, you know, got to be excited. Absolutely. I, th- I still think, you know, it's difficult to be excited on deadline day where you don't sign anybody. But I still think there's so much reason to be excited about Arsenal this season. Um, and certainly where we've gone from previous years of missing out on targets to other other teams, beating City to Rice, beating teams to Havertz, no matter what people think of him, you know, we had to beat other teams to to, to sign him, um, beating teams to Timber and getting that deal done, then getting a miraculous deal for David Rea on loan, you know, with an option to buy, you know, I think that's some really good business. It's just frustrating that we've lost Timber and it's left us in a bit of a, a rut, sadly, regarding the depth of the defence. Are you empathetic towards the club's efforts to bring players in on deadline day or are you critical of the efforts? I, I think it's a credit to uh, the improvement that we've had in recruiting that we've gotten all our business done at the beginning of the window and we're not making the same mistakes of making a panic signing. I, I would almost rather go in with the depth that we have now rather than try and sign someone uh, like we have in you know years gone by and you know, either be stuck with them and unable to get rid of them or have them, you know, not work out. I I feel like we have enough depth. It's the reason we bought the people we did is to have that depth and quality. And we really do have that depth and quality so that we could handle an injury or two. Well, now we have that injury and we should be able to handle it. It's when we, we're now thinking, oh, well, what if we get another big injury then we're going to be in trouble well i mean it could happen but i think now we're in a position where with the depth and quality we have we can act a little more like city in the way that we've wanted to and rotate more i mean how do injuries happen you're either overworked or you're coming in cold and expected to you know just get right up to speed and you know something doesn't react well and you get injured well now that we can rotate and uh you know keep people fresh uh perhaps we may not have those kinds of injuries in the same way that you've seen city get you know lucky with their injuries in the past i i gotta be hopeful that that's kind of what we're uh working towards 
Yeah. Uh, I I really, really think that, you know, we are in, in terms of when I look back at these windows and I look back at 2022 and 21, I can't look at it as anything other than the recruitment is going in a really positive direction. Um, yes, it's frustrating that we didn't get you know, all the positions that we needed, you know, but as people have pointed out, we've, you know, we've not managed to do that in, in a lot of the windows that we've, you know, had going back. So whilst that maybe isn't yet fully done and we can still improve, I think a lot of it is to do with the players that we weren't able to move on. And next summer, when hopefully all of the deadwood that we've got will be gone, or if it isn't, that they're moved out swiftly. You know, Pepe's contract is done. Rob Holding's not here anymore. Cedric's uh, contract will be over. Laconga and Tavares, obviously the two, you know, but obviously Tavares is a pathway out maybe with the option that he's got. Laconga might come back a better player um, from a, a year's loan if indeed he gets one, and then we might be able to sell him. Tierney will come back, hopefully, with a year of football under his belt. We can either use him or sell him. So I think that, you know, whilst I think that this was the last summer I wanted to see a rebuild regarding Arsenal's squad, you know, and I think we have effectively ended the idea of a rebuild. I think next year we're going to be looking at bringing in a really world-class forward player, um, potentially a, a centre-forward, maybe one that can play across the front line. That's what I'm hoping the big marquee Declan Rice-esque deal will be next summer is a really good forward because I think the midfield had to be where we signed that marquee player this summer when we did that twice, technically, depending on how Havertz gets on. But overall, I think we are moving in the right direction. So, Bill, I'll give you the final word. How would you like fans to, to look back on this window? I mean, it, people are allowed to look at it the way they want to. Uh, but I, I like to be, I, I think one of the key things that kind of spurred on it, the team last season and that made last season feel really, really nice wasn't just, you know, getting to second. It was the optimism around the club. So I just have to encourage people to continue to have that optimism. The team looks fantastic uh, unless you're doom casting. Uh, so just keep having that optimism and uh, let's go uh, beat the uh, beat Man U at the Emirates t this weekend. Doomcasting might be one of the best terminologies I've heard. <laughs> I've not heard that one before, but I'm going to use it. Uh, Bill, thank you for jumping on. Really appreciate your time, mate. Absolutely. Have a great one, Tom. You too, fella. Smashed it. Uh, let's bring in uh, TJR to the conversation. TJR, first of all, what's your name? Because I can't call you TJR. Tim. It's weird. Tim's my name. Can you hear me? Tim. Doomcasting a go go is. Uh... Was was you the one that had f off on your streamyard? Uh, yes, ago? which was to do with my old bosses back in the day when they asked for my opinion on unpaid gigs. And oh right, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. You, you could understand why I thought that was some kind of dig at me when I when no, you no. joined. And the well, names. Well, I was, I was <laughs> hilariously the first thing I was going to ask before Arsenal related was, "Can I swear?" And then I realized I'm probably going to say the word "ass." The club is called <laughs> Arsenal. We I think should ass be all right. Fine. Yeah, yeah I mean, can, it's literally half of the on. club we support is the name of it. So you know, yeah, I think it's it fine. Yeah, it is also 2 a.m. in the morning here, and I've just come back from a reasonable night out. So well, it'll get go. loose, There's, maybe with well, this, swearing. This show could be about opinion. as risky as Arsenal's defence for the rest of the next four months, basically. Exactly. Yeah, and and, <laughs> and uh, even though Australia, we invented Wi-Fi, it may be in and out. So I'll see how okay. it goes. I appreciate um, it. You've given me more notice than Arsenal have today regarding their business. So at least no, I that's, appreciate that's it that. No, that's fair and reasonable. Um, <laughs> Tell me how you're feeling. What, well, what I was going to say Not in terms is, of like how drunk you are in terms of... No, like no, I'm, I'm actually not drunk at all, which is, you know... <laughs> I, that's a different Doomcast thing. Uh, with 
Edu and Arteta generally, I find that you give them time, you give them a long run up with the scouting, the number boffins and those sort of things. They usually find a reasonable a fit. The fit's reasonable. But once we get into a, like an improvising kind of last minute kind of thing, that's where things sort of fumble around and maybe there's a bit of stumbling. And the, what you were just saying before about a striker was kind of stealing my thunder, but not really, is that it feels like there's going to be a saga. There's going to be an Osserman. There's going to be a Ferguson. There's going to be someone mm. that will be permanently rumoured to us or Man U or whoever has the money, and that'll just keep going and going and going. And then maybe we'll pay, maybe we won't, and that'll be... Uh, in terms of other things, I was just going to say with Havertz, give it time. Anyone who isn't giving it time is pretty irrational in my you know view and with all the numbers i appreciate that (laughs) yeah because everyone else has you know gone on about it i'll try to save you time uh with he's not a jaka replacement but if you look at all the numbers where all the goals come from where all the positioning is there's an argument that there are similarities like a lot of the runs come on a diagonal over the top aerially and he's got a left foot and he'll hit it and occasionally it'll work. But when he was working best at, at Leverkusen, he had Julian Brandt and he had Diaby and who were one's a jet on one side, which is fine with maybe Martinelli who isn't the best playmaker in the world. And then you got, and then you got, you know, Starboy on the other side. So maybe if there's a, situation in you know the cups or whatever where Odegaard is off and we have Vieira or Smith Rowe on one side and then Havertz is shifted to the other side maybe that'll be you know the spacing will be different maybe we'll work in a way that you know might unlock something and then you'll realize that he's a false nine from this position and he's a playmaker from this position. Havertz's best performances may come in a centre forward type role for yeah. us um I really enjoyed the Man City display I know it wasn't perfect but I really enjoyed the hold up I liked the fact we had kind of a big guy in the box a little bit you know to kind of target yeah. passes and crosses too and I think you know when we play City I would like to see Havertz be our, our centre forward in that game because I think that tactically he gives us a different option so yeah mm-hmm. I think that's really well summed up on that side of things the sales other- yeah, go on. Sorry. Keep going. Oh, no. The other thing I was going to say is that he's a second, as much as he could play a false nine, he is a second forward. So it's second striker, which involves someone either running off him or being spatially near him. And Inkedia doesn't really thrive on that sort of spatial awareness, playmaking assists kind of thing. Jesus can move to the right wing, which then can move other people more centrally. And then maybe he can be, because uh, where he did thrive at Leverkusen is being a late box arriver. And yep. when there's someone playing a low block, there's no space to move into effectively. That's also another thing where a lot of his chances are, you know, there'll be one-time hits at Leverkusen or even Chelsea at bits and pieces. But if if the ball isn't hit at it in a certain way, he's not going to get to it because he's, He's clinical in some ways, but he's clinical, completely not clinical in other ways as well. He'll he'll stress out, and he seems to be a confidence player as well. So yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, in regards, just to quickly to 
sales um, and what we weren't able to do outgoings. Uh, if people go over to the London website, you'll see an article that's just gone live uh, from myself talking about how it's my understanding that Arsenal have been left pretty frustrated by the fact that teams like Crystal Palace, for instance, have taken this long to materialise interest in holding into a bid because they've been interested for a while in holding and it's only really come to the fore today. Nottingham Forest's situation with with Tavares, um, that obviously revived in the last few days, but there was talk that it it could have been agreed, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago potentially, um, and it obviously fell away and then came back and has now been done on deadline day. Nicolas Pepe, of course, is still here, um, and we haven't got reasonable offers for you know the Balogun situation we sadly didn't get good offers coming in for him and then eventually an offer was made by Monaco that we found that we were willing to accept you know quite again late in the window which was a a significant portion of what we were hoping to get this summer in terms of incoming funds so Mm. what do you make of of Arsenal's sales side of things and how that blocked us from doing business I won't give numbers because that's you know performative or whatever but that's for me i'll do that (laughs) uh, uh, well you can give a letter grade or a number or the thing that i'll i was going to say is that the saudi deadline is next week so let's not rule out whatever comes and goes in that situation Mm. and the other thing is I've, i've got a lot of terrible friends that know nothing about soccer because it's called soccer in australia not football and they go for all sorts of teams, Milan, Liverpool, whatever. And there's been a lot of talk of, you know, is there a Sergio Ramos that might appear at a team somewhere who's out of contract? Is is a, you know, a Benzema on, on loan or something because he's pissed off with Nuno at, at whatever club he's at? Like, is there going to be a not, a, not a shock value for whatever that league, but there may be people willing to go the other way for bits and pieces. I'm not saying maybe not now, but in the future there may be wantaways like any other club. Like Chelsea, they've got more players than they can deal with. Maybe Saudi, it'll be we've got an opportunity to get this other marquee signing because they can sell more tickets or they can do whatever. In terms of us, I think, you know, are we the biggest selling club in world football? Is that kind of where we are? Are we what, you know, in what context? So, 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 for example, Brighton or Dortmund or play, things like that, they they do buy players to eventually sell them on. We are yeah. attempting to be, you know, wherever Man City are, we're attempting to get into that, but we're not there yet. But if excluding Saka, if anyone came along with an offer for any player in our team for a certain price, we'd be considering it. That's sort of, you know. I know that's maybe living in a fantasy world, but that's kind of where we are. And so as a selling club, we're not in no man's land like Crystal Palace or it's or interesting that like you that call us, they hang around in the ether. It's yep. interesting that you call us a selling club because like I understand where that, that perception of Arsenal come from, especially from like the Van Persies and the Nazaries and the Fabregases of when they went and things like that. But like I look at Arsenal now and I think, well, you know, if we were talking about Arsenal back in the early 2010s and this you, you imprint that Arsenal on the Arsenal today, well, William Saliba probably would have been sold. You know, because Saka might have left. Um, we wouldn't be the team signing Declan Rice. You know, I get I think every team to an extent has to be good at selling or try to improve mm-hmm. what they are at selling. 
But I think I don't I don't categorize us as a Dortmund, you know, who are a team that will sell to. No, no, to I, buy, do, I don't you know. either. That's yeah, why I said okay. the, I the, the biggest selling what club. Meant by no, selling no. club. Yeah, yeah. No, no. So, for example, uh, you know, AC Milan or someone like that, they'll they'll move on. You know, Raphael Liao mm. or something like. Are we are we at? What are we as not a fan base, but as an identity mm. of a club in the Premier League, which is the biggest league in the world with the most money and things like that. We're not at a Real Madrid level. We're not at a Man City level, but are we a step below that? And what does it mean to be a step below that effectively? Are we just selling yeah. detritus? Fine, move on, holding, move on, Pepe, move on, all the junk. That's absolutely yeah. reasonable. But if we're not promoting youth, which again, that's another choice for Arteta, which people who I think Basha is the guy that was on before. He's, yeah, he's Basha, great. Yeah. Every, to, every time I hear him, he's always spot on. He's great. If, he's top if, man, we've, yeah. if we've got a policy to promote youth mm. and then we've got a coach that doesn't really promote youth unless he's kind of really absolutely injury, you know, forced or things like that. Like Emery was the one who pushed Smithrow and Saka through. And I'm trying to think who we've played other than uh, uh, Nwanieri for 10 seconds at the end of a game for, for seeming like a... I Patino, didn't we, against Forrest in the... Patino, who I abs- absolutely love, Patino, who, is, mm. who I thought would be the, uh, you know, the next step in Xhaka along with maybe we bring in a in a bridging signing like Turam or uh, Koku or whatever the guy's name at Benfica. We'll oh, Kokchu. Kokchu. Bless you. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, a bridging <laughs> signing like that where we'd be able to figure out whether he was ready, whether he was not. But clearly we're doing that with other clubs. And and whether, yeah. we're, whether we're a club, I'll stop, I'll stop now because I've banged on for long enough. But are we the kind of club that would be you know, investing in a feeder club or something like that. And where is our where is our vision for the future? Because American owners, that's fine, they're cool. But is their vision of American sports impacting how they see a climate that is very different to American sports? Like Chelsea are building through the draft. Good luck yeah. to them. But we're not, you know, what are we? Mm, no, moment? ironically, Chelsea yeah. are invested in Strasbourg as a potential mm. feeder club, you know, so it's interesting to see if that, if that improves them. I, I think, you know, Chelsea are a complete anomaly. They're chaotic yeah. and messy, but somehow still That's putting it sell quite yeah. well, you know, so because Martin was being linked with like a 31 million pound move to Burnley, but I don't know if that's going to mm. get completed because I think the player is in, he's more interested in staying. So who knows? We'll have to wait and yeah. see, but um, Tim, thank anyway. you so much for coming on. Really appreciate no problem, it. Tom. Always, always great stuff. Any criticism Thanks, comes, any criticism comes from a place of kindness, and it's <laughs> it's never it's never as bad as it might be. The swearing or anything else. So keep doing the good work, man. It's Thanks, Ryan. I appreciate that. Make sure you get some sleep and some water. Oh, you know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> How's my hair? That's the no, thing. it's fine. It's all good. It's better than mine. So yeah, no, that's a blatant lie. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, bro. I'll speak to you soon. Cheers. See you later. And that was Tim from Down Under. Absolutely smashing it. Fantastic stuff. Um, and uh, really appreciate all of the listeners that we've had. We've got one more uh, to talk to today before we wrap things up. Absolute pleasure always when we get to speak to him. It's King. How are you doing, King? 
Good, I'm good. It's been way too long. You, How are you doing? Your camera screen looks like I'm... I know this is going to sound like a silly question because technically all cameras look for a pane of glass, but it looks like I'm looking at you for a pane of glass. Like, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that uh, what's happened is the screen uh, is broken. So it's oh, gone okay. through the We can still see you, and that's the most important thing. Um, yeah. How are you, first of all? I feel like we've not caught up in a spell. Um, are you doing well? Yeah. Yeah, much better now. Uh, thank God, much better now. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I've, absolutely. I know the people in the Discord will be aware. Um, but, yeah, I was, I, it was important to – so I wanted to catch up and, and see how you are. So it's good to hear that you're doing well, my friend. Um, maybe a lot better than Arsenal have done this deadline day. <laughs> it's a good comparison. So tell me how you're feeling about things. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not stressed or panicking at all. I think – one of the issues when, when you do sign a lot of players early in the window is that you get that excitement early on and then at the end, it's like, oh, is that it? Whereas I think if we were to sign Raya and Rice today, mm. everybody would have been, wow, what a major coup, if you understand what I mean. So for me, I think we've done a good window. I think each player that's come in is an improvement on everybody that's left. So if you look at Turner's left, Raya is a massive improvement. Tin is left, Timber is an improvement. Um, Shaka's left, Rice is an improvement. And then Havertz is a bonus, basically, because we haven't had so many players leaving uh, in that attacking midfield. I don't think anyone has left. So for me, all in all, we've done very well with players in. I think sometimes people want a big squad, but also think there's a danger with having a too big squad because of you see the last time, like, look at how many players who didn't uh, reach the match squad. You know, players like Tierney couldn't join the match squad. And uh, and that's with Timba being out on, on injury. So I, I, for me, if, when you look at that bench against Fulham, I've not seen an Arsenal team with such a strong bench for probably 10, 15 years, if I'm honest. So um, I'm, I'm happy with the squad. Would I want more players of course you always want more but i'm not in a space where i feel like oh it's over the season is over poor again edit out clueless not at all um so i think they're doing a good job and also i think what people don't take into regards is that you know when when players like sambula conga and nuno Tavares, when their personal terms don't get agreed it's nothing edu can do you can't sell a player to a club if the player himself can't agree personal terms. So that it's not always on the club when it comes to sales. I do think we can see that he's getting better at selling players, but you can only sell what you have. And we don't we didn't want to sell Smithrow, so that's where we kept him. There are certain players we don't want to sell them. We would have been getting huge fees for them probably, but we want to keep them. We want to keep Saliba. Yeah. You know, we want yeah. to keep Sakayo Martinelli. So you can't always have it both ways, Tom. <laughs> you know, people want big fees, but no one was willing to pay big fees for holding. So what what do you then do? Selling to the highest bidder. This is why I asked the question. You know, I, I asked this question to people all the time. They're like, we didn't get enough for Balogun. We didn't get enough for Turner. We didn't get enough for holding. I'm like, guys, you've got to get real and realize that only Monaco were in for Balogun. You, and people like to tweet me and say, no, Chelsea. I'm like, no, Chelsea weren't in for Balogun. Like they had him as a player on a list that they were like, oh, we quite like Balogun. Well, you know, they never came in with an approach of an offer that, you know, 
was going to satisfy Arsenal. And by the way, if they had have done, Arsenal would have told them a significantly higher price to pay than what we asked for Monaco, because that's the reality of the window. You know, that's that's why Man City asked for a significantly higher amount for Palmer, because they went to a fellow Premier League club who could potentially be a rival of theirs in the future. And then you've got the holding situation. Like, people have battered this guy. Absolutely battered him. Like, I've been critical of him, but there are people out there that have abused this guy constantly, said, oh, he's not good enough, he's this, he's that. And then we get four million quid for him. Oh, that's not good enough. He's worth way more than that. But hold on, you've been battering this guy for months. So how could you say he's worth more after battering him? I had some guy tweet me uh, a few moments ago. I was trying um, uh, about that, literally about saying um, we should have got more for holding. And so I did a quick search on his Twitter, uh, his name, and then the word holding. And there's like three tweets of him going, holding's terrible, get him off, get rid of him. You know, like... It's, it's just, it's so funny. And I know that people are now going to be jumping on Twitter and going back through and deleting their tweets they ever said about holding. But it's just, oh, it's, yeah, it's it's funny. It's funny. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is with holding as well, I think I checked his record. I think once past seven season has he played 30 games in a season. Other yeah. than that, it's like 15, 17. Like he doesn't play a lot. And he doesn't start a lot of games, so his value was never going to be high, especially when he doesn't, you know, he's not in the match squads even. So, yeah. as you said, people don't rate him, people were slandering him last season, and now they want big money for him. It doesn't add up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, where do you think this leaves us then going into the new season? Like, how are you feeling? No, I'm excited for the season. I think we are the team that should be challenging City. I think it could be another two-horse race again. I do hope we can do better in the domestic cup. Uh, And I am really excited to be back in in Champions League. You know, all in all, fingers crossed, if we are quite lucky with injuries, we still have a very competitive and and versatile squad. I do understand people's worry with Sinchenko and Tomiyasu with the injury record. But hopefully now, They've passed their injuries, and and with players like Kibio and Ben White and Gabriel and Saliba, you know, we got enough to survive. And even players like Partey and and Rice, in worst case scenario, uh, they can do something for a few games. Yeah, I, I I'm hoping that we can kind of be a bit lucky and fortunate where we haven't been with injuries, and that Zinni can have a run of games where he stays fit throughout the next four months. That Tommy Asu stays fit. That Saliba's back doesn't play up. That this system that I know people are really questioning. Part I, I have news for people. Like I don't think Partey will play at right back against United. I'd be surprised. And a little bit critical, actually. Oh, not a little bit. I would be critical if he starts in that hybrid role. I want to see him start in midfield against United. But I can tell you for a fact that he will return to this position that he's been playing in the first three games. Arteta's not done with this system. We you know we've dominated those three games, deserved to win those three games. Why would he, you know, not return to a system that's helping us to beat teams and pick up points? And, and lead to performances that we then deserve to win those fixtures. He's going to go back to it. But for certain games, he will use Partey in midfield. And I think this weekend is one of those. But yeah, I, I think it's interesting. Last question, King. Do you foresee yes. any opportunities for the youngsters like Raw Waters, Nuaneri? Do you see them getting chances this season because of maybe a lack of signings? I think Waters, could, we could definitely see him. Uh, I think, especially in the cups, in the in the early rounds in the Carabao Cups, we could see him, mm. and and uh, Eaton as well. Uh, we could see him get a few cameos here and there. We did see him once, I think, last season, 
and and hopefully we'll see more from them because we do have some very talented players and and the thing is mm. injuries were the reason why players like martinelli and and and, and saka burst to the scene so early and uh, same as with row so it's not always a bad thing you know even even bellerin if you remember when when he was really good it was because of the injury of debuchi that we had to play him and and you know before his injuries he was very good so i know we don't nobody want injuries you don't wish injuries on on, on any players but it's not always a negative thing uh, especially for a club like arsenal with such a talented core of young players yeah, absolutely. I just want to throw a comment at you uh, and to round things off. Aman says, Edu had time to sign a timber backup. No right wing, no striker, five out of ten. What would you say? Well, how many right backs do we need? And yeah, right wing is fair, but five out of ten, nah, eight out of ten, surely. Well, I say seven, so I'm a little bit more harsh than you, I guess. Uh, oh, King's gone. Oh, we've got, no, is he back? No, he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened there. We lost kick, but that's fine. I'm a little bit harsher than, than King. I've got him for a 7 out of 10 on this. I've said this before. Um, you know, I think that a 9 was what we were at with Timber Fit, with Timber out for potentially the rest of the season. I think it has to drop to about a 7 for me. Uh, if we'd have signed another defender, um, I think it would have gone up to an 8. And if we'd have signed a wide forwards, it would have taken us to a 10 uh, overall if Timber was fit, you know. So... There's a lot of movement, a lot of scope, a lot of change. But ultimately, I think we've ended the window in a way in which we didn't really want to see it end. Uh, I think we wanted to see something, a surprise. You know, I joked that Carl Walker-Peters, you know, could have been someone. You know, I, I might have even decided to take him on loan. But I think the biggest reason why is not to do with the fact that we had time. You know, as a man said in his comment there, you know, with the whole we had time situation. It has nothing to do with time. Um, it ended up, being it was to do with space um space was the big reason why we ultimately couldn't do the deals that we wanted to do because holding and Tavares didn't leave until deadline day pepe and cedric are still here lakonga's about to leave on loan that's a bit of breaking news for you guys by the way lakonga is about to leave for luton on loan that deal is very close to being completed now so he'll get a full season in the premier league hopefully playing week in week out for uh luton which no matter what you think about luton he should hopefully play so that's a, a good thing we've still um a couple of years i think two years left on his uh contract when he returns in 2024 so i think that's a good thing a full season of premier league football hopefully does him all the world of good but um yeah i i i am just thinking that people need to realize the reasons behind what has happened and why it's happened and it's not to do with people not doing their jobs or you know they're not people not being given enough money or you know that's not using the time efficiently it's to do with space space is the big reason and i'm disappointed and i can rate it at a seven out of ten because we i wanted us to do more but i'm also very empathetic of the fact the club that the reasons behind and i'm aware that the club are pretty darn frustrated with the fact that you know, sadly, we weren't able to get the um, the players out as quickly as, as as they had hoped that we would because the market has not been there. So that's the situation. I know not everyone's going to see it that way. And there's very little I can do to convince everybody that that is indeed what is going on. Um, but uh, that is the way that football works. It's all about 
opinions and different points of view. So there you go. But I think what we've done is is have a very fantastic hour and a half, uh, nearly an hour and a half, hour and 20 minutes of conversations and opinions from different people across the globe um, talking about Arsenal. I love this community. I love this channel. I love everything that we've built. And it's always an absolute honour to get people on. And it's not going to be done there because at nine o'clock tonight, we're going to have another show with some of our members from the Discord server uh, talking about the end of the window for uh, about an hour. So that's going to be good. I'm also doing another show at seven over on Dan Potts's channel. You know, we love different types of opinions um, and we love different points of view. And Dan certainly has a very different one to me. So tune into the 12th Man podcast uh, at 7 p.m. UK time and you'll be getting, I'll be jumping over there and having a fair old debate, I'm sure, with Danny Boy. So uh, do tune in for that one. And uh, who knows? There's still, how long? I'm looking at the clock. It's not showing me what the clock is on Sky at the moment. But I think there's about, four five and a half hours five and a half hours left um i think five and a half yes so who knows <laughs> something could happen i think so um but you never know anyway thank you everybody for tuning in i feel like it was about this time last year that we sort of heard the aston villa douglas louise thing i feel like that happened at like five o'clock so you never know things try and happen quickly but we'll see uh enjoy the rest of your evening do tune in for us at nine and uh look out for the show at seven on dan's channel uh i'll be back tomorrow morning at the usual time of 8 a.m uh for a uh breakdown of the reaction to the completion of deadline day interesting that Palinia's move to Bayern Munich has has been uh has collapsed as the German window closed they failed to agree a, a price it seems in the end for that deal to go through so lots of still lots of stuff still to happen uh so keep your eyes peeled to all the relevant channels and uh football.london are doing a live blog with all the latest Arsenal news so make sure you check all that stuff out over there have a great day people enjoy yourselves and as always stay safe stay well and up the Arsenal It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.